Hello and welcome fellow osmologists to Osmology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we've invited our friend and VP of IT, Rich Zabo, to help us decipher the intricacies of using TikTok safely as a business. Welcome, Rich. Thank you. Time number three for me. You are a third timer. We should make a special place for you on the wall. Wall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. You already have a special place in our hearts. Okay, <laughs> there should be some kind of honorific for this. There you go. Here we go. Getting Especially because you remembered it was the third time. Yeah, no, I wouldn't I have been have able to, to tell you that. It, yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. No, it's always fun. Great to be here. Well, we are glad you're here and we appreciate you taking time with us. So we're going to give listeners just a little bit of background on why we invited you here. It's, and it's to put you on the spot about TikTok. Just kidding. Not kidding. No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, <laughs> we launched a TikTok account for Simplicity Credit Union at the beginning of last summer. We were very excited. Um, but everything new we get to do, we get really excited about. So that's nothing new. And we had some moderate success. We have, I don't know, nine to a dozen videos out there. And we started growing a following and, you know, doing some fun and admittedly stupid things that we really enjoyed. (laughs) Um, And then history, boom, history tells us that you learned something that prompted you to cut off access to the TikTok platform on the credit union's internal network. Yes. So that put the kibosh on yeah. us at least posting anything, doing using the same process we were using. So tell us, let's start there. What prompted that decision? Big bad IT. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Big bad wolf of IT swoops yeah. in. So um, so here at Simplicity, we have a, a device that we, that directly connects us to the internet and and every company should have one of these um, and the bigger and stronger the better it, it, it's a firewall it just it's a programmable device where you can pick what comes in what goes out you can restrict everything um, ours we just re- recently replaced ours with a new upgraded very strong version firewall uh, I'll leave the brand name out but this this device you know very customizable um, we can just pick up little bits and bytes and, and block them um, as they come and go. As we were setting this up and doing another look at, we review our rules. Uh, another good thing for business to do is review your firewall rules. And we do it at least twice a year to see, you know, if things have changed, business rules have changed, what's going on. Um, so uh, our network guy and I, Dustin, uh, discovered that we had TikTok uh, passing through. Um, and I was like, geez, I don't think that's right. I don't think we should have that. And, you know, slap my wrist. I didn't know that you guys were doing those videos because I'm not a TikTok subscriber, shockingly. <laughs> um, now, you, you seem like their exact demographic. And so that does confuse me. My daughter is, believe me, <laughs> 15. Oh, just turned 16. And, and yeah. So um, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of government agencies and, and universities and things like that have recently um, started blocking TikTok from from their networks. So in a real knee jerk reaction, I just said, "Well, let's just cut it off." You know, boom, it was gone, mm-hmm. and and that was it. And then we did our research, um, and 
you know, because of course you hear things on the news and, and these days, you know, with the news, who knows where it's coming from. You really have to, you know, put the effort in and dig down. So I did. And just some of the basic facts I found out about what the TikTok and their, and their parent company ByteDance were doing. Um, first off, a lot of talk about these days about China. Well, it is a Chinese company um, and what their ties are to the Chinese government, a lot of news one way, a lot of news the other. Um, that's a, just a huge risk. I'm not sure that we were ready as a company to take that risk um, to allow a, a government entity to see see what was going on. Now, I'll take one step back. If you do read the usage agreement with TikTok, they have, if you're using it on a device, they have access to everything on your device. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking everything from your, your pictures, your, your email contacts, all your personal info, which Wi-Fi hotspots you've used. Um, it also has a key logger. It can actually keep track of your key log. I know what you entered as say you're entering a password or something. If you didn't have that saved, it can keep track of that. Um, some of the other interesting things I, I, I found, and also a lot of our phones now we do facial recognition. You hold your phone up and you can you know, log into your phone. It keeps track of that. It knows that it has that information. So they own all that as well. So that's for us in the financial industry, that's just a huge red flag to me that they can have access to mm -hmm. everything we have on, on somebody's phone. And if, and if your phone is not properly locked down and you don't have some of the newer security tools on there, you're wide open and they can just come in um, at their leisure. And they're not, I'm not saying they're doing this, but the potential is there that they could just take everything they wanted and often run, you know, and, and share it with the Chinese government or anybody who they please. So that was my knee-jerk reaction to say, like, we got to get rid of this now. Pull the plug. You used that there voice, too, when you did it. <laughs> you went full full Bond villain when you did it, too, is what I recall. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it, I, I was just shocked that that was, you know, something that was, I, and I guess our firewall is so good, it allows, it allowed everything until we block it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that was part of the thing. So, so. Rich, one thing you mentioned, um, you know, like access to some pretty sensitive stuff, passwords, keystrokes, um, even maybe biometric information like face ID and stuff. Um, and, and if you don't know the answer to this question, that's quite okay. But um, what do like um, device suppliers or cell phone, I don't know, I doubt a carrier would have anything to do with this, but like Apple, like the iPhone, right? You know, they're constantly pushing out security updates and things like that with iOS updates and stuff. Are any of those um, happening to mitigate some of this risk or lock down? Not, not that I know of, um, just because of the end user agreement that you sign when, or you approve, you know, that 50 page thing that pops up and then nobody ever reads with TikTok. The, TikTok, the only thing that, that I've seen is um, something we're doing here at, uh, increasing here at uh, Simplicity is mobile device management. So if you have a company device, you can segregate the company information and the company data away so that it builds a container around it so that none of no, no other app can get into that container. It's, it's, it's in essence, another firewall. It's a bubble mm -hmm. with inside the electronics, uh, logically inside your, your device. So um, that allows, you know, it, the, the, the parent company who's controlling that data, like if you have company email or company teams or something, that allows that company, if it's in that container, to pull it off. 
So if something gets compromised, you can just pull all that data off, and the bad guys can't get through that, that barrier to get to it. That's the only thing I know of so far. Um, it's constantly – I mean this stuff is changing, you know, and we here at Simplicity, we su su subscribe to a number of um, financial industry message boards who are constantly sending – things out uh people catch things like hey did you see this like did you know what this happened all this and, and i'm bombarded with them all day um one of the newer ones you know that's come up and then people are talking about is this the chat gpt i think it's what it called or something yeah. like that mm. there were just warnings put out about that today as well hmm. so tell us more. we just had an episode on ai and talked a little bit about chat gpt tell, tell us more about that so what they're doing, and this, this, I, literally, I just read this this morning on one of them. So, if pardon me while I read. Um, so they're using it to, in, in like phishing campaigns, they're using the Chat GPT to imitate human um, emails and and how it would be worded from a human. Um, so they're using it for phishing, social engineering tools to break through to people. Uh, they're writing a lot of malware with it, you know, just saying, hey, write me a malware to do this. Psh, off it goes and you download it. So that's that's another one. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I've heard of the ones that like, you know, give me a 25 page, page paper on the French Revolution and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you've got one like, hey, thanks. I wish I had that in college. Where was that? <laughs> Instead, I'm down at the public library scouring through books. But um, so it's it's so powerful that I think this one's definitely going to move up there too on people's watch list because mm -hmm. the potential to do the, the potential to do good is great, but the, the potential to do harm is also just as great. Right. So I'm actually bringing that one. So we have a committee here at uh, Simplicity, which we monitor all these type of events. We call it it's the IT Steering Committee. And I just put, we meet every two weeks um, because cybersecurity is such so important to us here at Simplicity. We meet every two weeks and this is on the agenda for next week that, you know, I'm going to bring this up and we'll be like, all right, we just need to look at this and keep this on our radar. And yeah, I mean, who knows what's next? Well, this thing is so powerful that it can, you know, write its own mm -hmm. malware. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the possibility for these programs to do good. And if I can loop you back just a little bit to some of the stuff that uh, that the user agreement for TikTok is collecting, are there legitimate purposes? Are there good purposes? Good is probably subjective in this. Are, are there well, yeah, non-evil I mean, reasons for them to collect all that information? <laughs> you want, makes me want to do my evil laugh. But um, so, so they're, I mean, they're obviously collecting some of this for, you know, demographics to sell mm -hmm. to, you know, to prospective, you know, you know, companies out there to, to like, Hey, you know, this demographic is doing this these days. This mm -hmm. is what they're watching. Um, in this part, I don't know, you can flip a coin whether it's good or, or bad. And because of that information, they're deciding what to show you, what to bring up on your screen, mm -hmm. what is, you know, based on your likes and dislikes and your behavior and activity, um, right. they're presenting you certain videos, which myself, I just find that amazing. I mean, you know, we joke around here at the house and, you know, we have uh, Google devices and we start talking, hey, Google, I, did you see that Ford truck and all this kind of stuff? And all of a sudden in my emails, I'm getting Ford truck advertisements, you know, <laughs> it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, how strong this, this AI is and the, the, what it does with all this data and just, 
I mean, data is the new oil, right? We're always digging for, for, for more data on everybody, on everything you touch. They want your data. It's oil. You know, we're just right. everywhere we can find it. We want to get it. And it's worth so much because everybody wants it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, you know, as marketers, you know, so much of our work is guided by data and making sure we're talking to the right people. And as a um, consumer or, you know, somebody that's seeing this stuff, you know, it's a bit of a like blessing and a curse <laughs> from my perspective, because like if I'm going to see an ad, which I know I'm going to, it's the world that we live in. They're everywhere, right? Um, like, why wouldn't I want to see something that is connected to me or something that I care about, something that, you know, as creepy as it might be from time to time, right. your Google right. example, you know, for sure, you know, but at the same time, like if I'm getting information or offers for stuff that I actually care about, like, why not, right? As opposed to getting stuff that I will never buy or <laughs> that totally is, you know, like I don't yeah. need a something for you know that might be for a 20 year old nowadays you know like I, I don't need that anymore I'm, I'm older than that you know but yeah it's a blessing and a curse for sure yeah there's yeah. no doubt and I hey think, oh sorry go ahead Sue. no it's okay but I I think some people I think it has been some of that uh, collecting demographic data and using it for retargeting and that kind of thing has been portrayed as a little bit as nefarious I think people react to it in a way that is, you know, that they feel it's nefarious, but really that's I, you know, the, yeah, it's that's, almost a natural progression. I mean, you know, you think of, uh, um, you know, you know, I, I, it's real simple, although you know, listen, I live here in Maine and we don't have these billboards. When you're driving down the highway, you're traveling to South Carolina or whatever, and you're going through and you see billboards and you see gas or restaurant or this, you know, that's really like, I needed to see that right now. There's a Hardee's at this exit. Yummy. Um, you know, that's, and it's just, it, it's almost the same thing, just, you know, much more tech, technology driven. Um, but like I said, there are, billboards are illegal in Maine. We have no billboards. Interesting. I didn't know I that. didn't know yeah. that about Yeah, I don't Maine. know if, if there's any other state, but I, I crossed the line into uh, New Hampshire and Massachusetts, and I went down to Connecticut this weekend. New England, the states are small, but as soon as you get into those states, psh, you know, there's there's the billboards. Like, oh, we don't have those. They they muddy up the landscape. Maine's a beautiful state. Yeah. We don't want the billboards to muddy oh, up. But anyway, that's great. <laughs> beautiful and small. You don't have a lot of room. <laughs> oh, we have uh, Maine, Maine is actually big. We have a lot of room in Maine. Do you? Do you have lots yeah. of room? Yeah, we're the biggest okay. New England state. We we go well up there. Okay. And oh, so here's another interesting fact about we're on it. Maine is the only state in the United States that only borders one state. Huh. How about that? Yep. We border two Canadian provinces, but only one U.S. state. Right. New, Ham New Hampshire. Yeah. So there you go. There we you always go. learn something from you. Bitch. My work that's is done. Like, that's what I like so about you. Cue the, cue the, the more you know music. <laughs> So back to this TikTok stuff, Rich, the, the timing of all of this just so conveniently happened to coincide with an NCUA audit. And for our non-credit union listeners, that's National Credit Union Administration. Uh, and you thought that they might have some good guidance to consider. So what did you learn from them? Did you check with them? Anything to share? Yeah. So we also, um, you know, we, we have a system in place um, uh, called Foresight 
which blocks there's another blocking tool. We have many, many cybersecurity hmm. cybersecurity tools running behind the scenes. But this one blocks and, and monitors, you know, what people are doing on the internet, where they go, um, if they send data out, um, data loss prevention, if somebody's e emailing every company file out in, the, in existence, you know, it catches those things. So our, they looked at, when the NCOUA was here, they looked at our, um, our filtering and pretty much, you know, we had a lot of the social media um, opened up. So they said, you know, you need to do, you know, look at the risks involved. And if you can cut down who gets actual uh, access to these sites. So we don't want everybody in the company sitting there on, on Instagram or Facebook all day. But, you know, for like you guys, you need it. So we need to work on better policies to, to filter who sees what. And we weren't really doing a great job of that. We had some. Um, mostly just data loss prevention so people couldn't send out a million. Like if you ever have ever tried to send out a huge PDF, it gets blocked because of the size. I mean, we shouldn't be sending out stuff that big. So that is one of the things we're doing now in working with the UNCUA is they gave us some recommendations um, as far as, you know, what we can, what we should be able to see, what people should not be able to go to. And we're trying to put those in, um, you know, as carefully as we can. And it's a cultural thing too. You know, some companies, you know, give a lot of their employees uh, access to these things, but being a financial institution, um, we are regulated and there are specific rules we have to follow. Um, so it makes that job a little tougher uh, on our end to, to for that balance. Like, yes, we want to be functional, but yes, we want to be secure. IT, and that's, I've been doing IT and banking for like 22 years now. So it's much different than IT at some you know regular old companies like because mm -hmm. we are regulated and there are rules and they come down on you if you're not 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 if you're not doing anything or you're not doing what you say you're doing, <laughs> which is which is even worse. <laughs> so we're re redoing our policies, not only um, the electronic ones that for the software that does that, but our overall like board policies. So that people know this is the type of things we're going to allow. These are the things that will not allow. And here's some things we, we will allow, but on a very limited basis. Smart. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, I think that, you know, marketers may not be uh, people that are uh, the strongest advocates for policy and things like that. You know, we maybe are... Uh, one of the more loose uh, teams inside. Oh, you most push the limits, you market. I know. Yeah, we just were always <laughs> pushing. I know. But at the same time, you know, to have strong, healthy policy in place to make sure expectations are clear and, you know, what's accessible, what's not. We are also pretty darn good at working within the bounds that are put on us too. You know what I mean? So like if, yeah. um, you know, if all of this went down in perfect world scenario and we just knew like hey tiktok's off limits or something we would have ad adapted right so mm -hmm. um, so it and is it, really important to have those strong policies in place and it and it definitely has changed the uptick in cyber crime in the last just even the last three years it's just exponentially it's just exploded so if you look at the last time the ncua came in and visited with simplicity to talk about it a couple of years ago none of this was even mentioned if you go back and look at the old you know, exams, none of this was even touched this year. Boom. It was just, mm -hmm. you know, exploded. This is, you know, it, it, and it totally changed. So, and there's a lot of, um, and it's expensive. Let's face it. There are a lot of tools that we have to 
do in the background um, and run and, and examine and see what's going on just to keep us safe. We have a whole, just a sheet full of tools that are running in the background to try and keep our data safe and our members' information safe. That's, it's a huge part of it. So speaking of those tools, before we move off of the subject of technology, <clears throat> pardon me, we, we have a, when I, when I, when I say we, it's the larger we, it's the royal we, I'm not part of the we because I don't know this answer. Uh, <laughs> we have a plan to move forward um, and still be able to use TikTok, which is uh, appears to be a valuable channel right now for the things that the people we want to reach and the way we're able to reach them. So can, between the two of you, can you explain what that plan looks like to maybe help our audience who just heard that we cut the thing off at the knees and <laughs> the answer is no. Um, <laughs> so I actually spoke with a number uh, besides some of the message groups that we belong to. I spoke to, we have some pretty good relationships with some uh, banks and credit unions in the central Wisconsin area. So I went out to a couple of them uh, and asked what they do. Um, and there was a bank just north of us um, that was doing nothing. So I said, well, that's interesting. And then he wanted to know what we were doing. But I went over to a, a larger credit union. Uh, I know the woman over there, the uh, information security officer, uh, over there over in Eau Claire. And she said that as far as TikTok goes, it's it, internally on the networks, it's completely blocked. Nothing, no access whatsoever. But what the marketing team there does is they have a separate tablet that is connected to the internet that does not go through any of the company's internet or even their wireless or anything, like totally separate look, hook up and uh, internet connection. And that's where they make their videos from and, and post from a totally separate device, not connected to anything. Because they have a, like, like, like simplicity here, uh, they have a very active TikTok. Um, yeah participation account. yeah there you go account and there's there and there's nothing else on that separate device to no it's nope. pretty much used exclusively for that yep. yes nothing uh institutional wise that could be linked back to the financial institution so, so that's the plan i think so that's the plan <laughs> i hope i hope so <laughs> yeah that's the plan yeah now, now, and have you have you done any recently, or have you tried to do any recently, or we haven't yet? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sue, but uh, no. <laughs> I I would not at this point. I am not going to correct you if you're wrong. No, <laughs> okay. uh, no, we have not. So okay. it's just a matter of getting that device up and going, and yeah, yeah, an iPad, uh, an old iPhone with just internet connection that will work too, because you can do that. I mean, I, I myself am an Android guy, but I do have an iPhone that I have access to some uh, photo albums that people post, but I don't have any cell service on it. I just have internet. You know, when I go to something, I can <clears throat> do it off my phone or whatever, and but I can go look at the pictures. And that's the only reason I have that iPhone. So lots of ways to do it. All right. So let's talk about some other uh, not in a way to scare people, because that's not what we're here to do. Uh, oh, but come on, okay, maybe <laughs> you can scare them a little bit. Scare them the no, right. No, no, I'm just I'm not a scare. Uh, I, you know, I like to educate. There's a there's a lot of things people can do, and just it's you know, and getting people to be diligent and, and just mm -hmm. keep doing these things. It's hard. 
Yeah, and we appreciate you. So Thank let's you. talk about. <laughs> I did. That was a little slow. I, I was slow on saying that. Yeah, I, that's I, okay. It came I out gosh. eventually. I know you had to bite the whole back on that, but I know yeah. I'll take it. You worked hard for it, buddy, and you you deserved it. <laughs> so let's talk about other social media risks, maybe, um, just to wrap up this part of it. Are there other channels that maybe create a similar risk or entirely different risks that people should be watching for? Yep. Uh, uh, one that has uh, come up recently that I, I mean, this makes sense to me. I wasn't aware of it. I, 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 I myself, I have no social media. I don't do any, nothing, zero. I do have a Facebook account just because I use the messenger with my daughter when she was young and I had to get an account, but I have no, there's no, I have no social media presence. So I don't do any of this, but um, people can, so taking pictures, the information that is shared with a picture, all that metadata that's behind People can track where you are. So if you're taking a, if you're on vacation, you take a picture and even innocent, you know, like, hey, just us hanging out. Like, and they can pull all that metadata off, like, oh, Jimmy and Susie are in Mexico right now. Their home's open. Let's go. There are settings in your, on, you know, everybody uses their phone as a camera now. I still have a camera around here somewhere. I don't know where it is, but you can turn that off. You can turn that, that, uh, that data off. So people can't track where your pictures are, are from or when they happened or things like that. So I just found that one out the other day. I, I thought that was a pretty good one because, I, you know, there are some people who just post, you know, every single minute of their life online. Um, so that can be dangerous. You know, there, there's people out there who spend their whole day creeping on you and finding, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Scary. Yikes. Yeah, you did. You you were successful in being scary. Yeah, good there. job, not scaring anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but and again, just just um, you know, be careful who you interact with. Be careful who you uh, accept friend things from. You know, there are some people out there like oh, I have five thousand friends. Like, yeah, well, how many people do you know on that list? Like three. Um, just because somebody invites them and it's oh, I have more friends. <laughs> don't do if you don't know them. Don't do that. You don't know what their motives are. You know, it's, there's a lot of weirdos out there and criminals and bad people like me. <laughs> the truth comes out. That's finally. Right. finally. Uh, we, we got to what we <laughs> were hoping to achieve uh, on this episode. Gotcha. Rich, finally. Okay. Second time <laughs> finally I'm out admit today. It. <laughs> so Rich, what things would you advise a marketer to look for before jumping into a new social media channel? Um, do some research and, um, Talk to your ISO, your security team, wherever you're working, um, and, and look into that. See what kind of there's lo usually lots of information out there about any security concerns. Um, you know, Brian Krebs, Krebs on security is a great place to look. Uh, if there's breaches of have been of any type or you know anything whatsoever bad about it, usually shows up on there. That's one of the first places I go to. And if your industry <clears throat> has some type of information sharing. Um, portal or message board, you know, spend the 300 bucks a year and subscribe to that. We, I mean, I get ideas every day that we, we actually, in simplicity, we belong to two. One is just credit union uh, based and the other is a national 
um, all financial institutions, including like insurance companies and trust companies. But just the information that comes through these things. And granted, there's some people, I, they don't have day jobs. All they do is post all there. I can only imagine, <laughs> I, you know, wow. But a lot of good information, you know, information sharing. That's, you know, we talk about all the social media stuff and, and people communicating that this is a good thing about all of this. People sharing these these ideas and things that they've seen, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it's great, great information. And it comes all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Do your research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overwhelming. Oh, it is. Some (laughs) days I have to turn it off. Um, but yeah, know what you're dealing with. Don't just assume that every 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 software that is out there is good and and is reputable and does not have gaps and uh, holes Mm -hmm. in their security. It's it's very important. Yeah. Do your research. Talk to your IT department or your security officer. Communicate with others in your field to see what people are doing, learning, hearing, seeing all that good stuff. That all sounds like good advice. Yeah, it sure is. I, it's not, I wrote it, it all it's down. Not e- okay. <laughs> it's it is not easy though, and it right. has changed so much over the years, as we just uh, just mentioned. It's it's changed so much. Yeah. Well, we're all trying to keep up with the change, right? And so yeah. it's it's tempting. That keeps me employed. New- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, as tempting as it is to dive on to the or into the new thing, um, those few steps are pretty important. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I, and yes, like you say, everybody wants to be on the new thing, but boy, you know, it it, it it's tough to be on that bleeding edge sometimes. You know, you want to yeah. bring this new technology out, we want to provide this service or do this, but just tap the brakes a little bit, and that's you know that's why we have an IT steering committee here now um we look at all these things and we talk about them and you know decide you know if it's the best move for us you know technology wise awesome sue any other tiktok questions or anything for our friend rich i I, you know i think my interrogation of rich in regards to tiktok is over (laughs) i'm sweating here (laughs) you can turn that light off now yeah Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a small electrical pulse right directly to his temple, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of room to place it up here, so (laughs) take your ping. Awesome. All all good stuff there. Uh, Before we close, let's turn into our uh, Something Awesome segment where we share recommendations for uh, experiences, content, cool things that we want to share with our audience, and I'm going to kick it off with... um, uh, we'll share a link to one of the many articles about this, but uh, growing up, I was a big Michael Jordan fan. When we first got satellite TV, one of the like, I don't know, 12 channels or something that we got in addition to our local stuff was WGN out of Chicago. So I got to watch a bunch of Bulls games. Um, and so I was a huge Michael Jordan fan because it was, you know, just one of those options. And he was also pretty darn awesome and you know an amazing athlete and the bulls were really good and all that stuff but he just turned 60 which is really interesting and hard to believe uh but we won't talk about how old all of us are uh, we good. will talk about what he <laughs> did for his 60th birthday which was make a 10 million dollar donation to uh the make-a-wish foundation and you know just first off like super generous and you know whether you you know know that he's a multi-billionaire or not 10 million dollars is 10 million dollars yeah. so that's amazing uh, and to an organization that just does such amazing uh work oh, for yeah. people at such a critical time i mean it's just 
super and awesome. it for a long time too yeah yeah, yeah he's been yeah. making contributions for a long time he just kind of made a big one at the i guess it's a record breaker for make-a-wish it's their biggest one yet so just a really cool thing from a a cool guy you know somebody that you know i kind of grew up fanning over and idolizing and all that stuff you know but um kudos to him and i think anytime that you see like a celebrity or somebody like that making a contribution whether it's monetary or anything um, it just feels good you know it just feels good to see that you know we all talk about all the time about these super rich people that you know it's like gosh if only they shared their gifts a little bit you know and i think there's probably a lot of them that do more than we ever hear about yeah, yeah I'm sure. as much as there's probably some of them that don't share any of it you know <laughs> so whatever but um you know anytime that we hear something cool like that that that's that's great and so i thought it was worth celebrating that was that was a good one yeah for sure yeah I that's heard that awesome too. are you going next to or am i going you can go if you've got something rich it is your okay. turn you're up to bat so uh here in maine uh i have been doing uh i actually do uh animal rescue um i belong to a group called pug rescue of new england we rescue pugs um, and I had a few more in last weekend, young guys drove my old dogs crazy, but I just want to, you know, make people aware that, you know, there's so many animals out there that, you know, some of these organizations gather up and they take care of and so many volunteers and, you know, last weekend I was driving all over New England, driving these dogs to their new homes and, uh, just, you know, rescue pets are wonderful. They will unconditional love that you'll give back. There's tons of organizations throughout the whole country um that do great work and just tireless work and some of it you know when you're pulling pets out of people's homes that um uh, you know less than stellar living conditions um it can be hard it's 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 definitely gives you a new appreciation for um the way you live and the way these pets were treated and you know giving them a good home so if you're thinking about getting a dog or cat look to a rescue to an animal shelter something like that that's it's it's the way to go no doubt about it that's awesome. That, that's a wonderful recommendation. And yeah. I will I will share with you, Rich, that I am wearing my headphone right now uh, with my microphone to record this podcast because my pug is on the chair right back there and she snores so loud. Well, I have <laughs> one in here. I assume yeah, you can hear that? her. <laughs> no, mine in here is not snoring right now. She's very quiet. So I'm <laughs> nice. Yeah. I have one who is a constant source of noise. <laughs> No Love pugs it. in this house, but my my in laws have had pugs for a long time, so I feel the pug love. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? Okay, so let me just bring the group down. Oh. And here's my <laughs> recommendation. Um, the so one of the projects that my husband and I have been talking about for a while. We, um. When our kids were little, we we went on a vacation, our first vacation after our youngest was born. Um, and because we were going on an airplane and all of that stuff, we decided that that was the time that we should make sure we had a will. And so I would have been 27. I don't know. I don't know how old my, how old my kids are. I don't know how old I am. It's all fine. Um so we made, uh, we and we had barely anything at the time. So we made a really super basic will from a, probably a fillable PDF that we found online. 
at the time and we got to talking about it so we've got some family things that um, make us want to make all of that planning as simple as it could possibly be for our kids we got to talking about it again that it's time to update that um, and I found a free resource where we can do that at home called freewill.com and it was uh, it was emotionally difficult, but um, incredibly technologically simple to create to create a will and um, just pull together some of the some of the things that you don't necessarily think about. It had a really simple um, user interface that walked you right through each one of the steps and talked about some things that. Um, you don't necessarily think about speaking of donations. Um, it gives you an opportunity to leave uh, leave a portion of your assets to some to an organization or more than more than one nonprofit organization. It um, and as a matter of fact, it gives the option to um, list list beneficiaries down to what happens to your estate if none of your beneficiaries uh, exist hmm. when you go nice. and where can that, you know, and what nonprofit or other organization might you give that to if there is no one else left? I told you I was going to bring the room down, but, <laughs> well, but yeah. very useful. Um, and the other option that I really liked about it is that you can create a mirror will for your partner. So you create your will, you know, all of our, uh, all of our beneficiaries would be the same. So once I completed mine, I could hit a button and it mirrored that will for my husband. And then you just go in and update the things that you want to update. He wanted to be able to leave uh, everything in the event that he is the last survivor. And if he's like doing the last of us, <laughs> situation. He nice I am. <laughs> yes, he wanted to leave that to the Wounded Warrior Project, so he was oh, able to update nice. that, and so very cool program, um, cool. but be emotionally ready when you go, yeah. <laughs> go oh. to start working on and, and what was the, what, what was that? Free Willy what? Freewill.com, free oh. not Free Willy. That's a movie about a whale, <laughs> Yeah, but inspirational. Uh, Freewill.com. No, I don't have a will. You really don't? Oh. Wow. No. Yeah. Well, check it you out. Should, you should check it out. Yeah. I know. Well, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for that, but um, yeah. I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> it's tough stuff, man. Yeah. Tough stuff. Good. Yeah. Good. Thank well, you. I know you feel like you brought it down, Sue, but that's a super important share and a good one. I mean, we've all heard stories of when those things aren't in place and things go sideways and there's no power of attorney and all that stuff. Some of us have even seen that firsthand. It is not pretty. So, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. Hey, I'm happy to help. Yeah. Well, and thank you so much for joining us, Rich. Fun as always. I, I enjoy being and being part of this. Um, can't wait for number four. Yeah. <laughs> number make, four. I know at five, you get a velvet jacket. I was going to say, yeah, we're going to work on the jacket for number five. And, wow. Yeah. Gift cool. package, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, spa day. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I could. You know what we should do? We should get a velvet jacket for your pug for number five. 
right? Yeah, I'll start matching. Doing that. I'll start researching. Yeah, one yeah. for him, one for the pug. Right. Oh, there you go. Matching be some great pictures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So thank you again, Rich. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can always catch up on your favorite uh, favorite podcast app, or you can find us on our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog. If you like what we're doing, we hope you like what we're doing. We like what we're doing. We'd love it if you took a minute to leave a comment and a five-star review and all of those things. Subscribe and just come along for the ride with us. You got it. Tell your friends. Thanks again, Rich. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Be awesome. And we'll see you next time. The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork. Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.